ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى أتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فاللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الأولين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الآخرين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملأ الأعلى إلى يوم الدين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحيد وعلى آله الأطهار وعلى أصحابه الأخيار وعلى أتباعه الأبرار إلى يوم الدين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي لسألون به الأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يسلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وإن خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله وإن شر الأمور لمحدثاتها فكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار If you've ever purchased a device, oftentimes when you open the package, there's a manual. And the manual will tell you some of the specifications of that device, and it will tell you how to use that device. And the idea is that whoever created this device, whoever put this together, has intended a certain use for it. And if you use it incorrectly, you could hurt yourself, you could cause a fire, you could cause damage, you can break the device, etc. So, and of course we, we rarely look at these manuals, but we know if you've been to somebody's house and you see them using something incorrectly, you say, oh, you know, you're using this incorrectly. That's not how this device is supposed to be used. And then when you show them, and then they realize, and then it starts working, they realize, oh, yeah, now I understand that this is the way the device is supposed to be used. Or if you've called to complain, or if you've gone back to return the item, sometimes they'll ask you, you know, is this, is this, did you use it the right way? Because this kind of damage maybe means that you didn't use it the right way. And if you, if you expand that, and you look at heavy industry, and you look at large manufacturing, those type of equipments and devices, sometimes the user manuals, you know, they're like binders that are this thick. And not only that, but there are entire, there's an entire industry of people that translate those technical 
manuals in multiple languages so that the people can sell uh, that equipment in different markets, different languages, sometimes that's a legal requirement, etc. Why am I saying all of this? We understand intuitively that if you pick up something, you buy something, there's an intended use for that thing. So can we say or can we ask the same question about ourselves? What is our manual? What is, how are we to use the life that we have been given? What is the user manual that has come with our own existence? Because a lot of times people, they complain, my life is miserable, I feel there's no good in my life, all my relationships are collapsing, my kids are this, my spouse is that, my work is this, my neighbors is that, there's just sort of a total breakdown in the use of that person. And oftentimes, it's as simple as, well, how are you using your life that you have been given? What are the things that you're doing or not doing? Because for us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with a set purpose. Allah has not created all of this in vain. Allah has not created all of this for us to guess, to figure it out on our own. Allah told us what He expects of us. The Quran offers three answers. There's three points in our user manual. The first, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah has not created us except to worship Him. And of course, worship, there are many forms of worship. There is the worship of our prayer and our fast, there are things like that, but there are other things that are ibadah, liya'budun, so that they can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There you go, that's number one. Number two, Allah praises the person who has empowered and increased their nafs and has cursed the person who has allowed their nafs to fall. The damir in this verse is referring to a nafs. And the Quran refers to a nafs as being different types. A nafs al-amara bisu, the nafs, the self that caused the bad, bad action in Surah Yusuf. A nafs al-lawama, the self that blames. A nafs al-mulhama, the nafs that is inspired, so on and so forth. So we can be different versions of ourself. And therefore we have an obligation to be the best version of ourselves. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Allah has caused you to come to existence from the earth. He has placed you on earth and has asked of us that we develop it. When Allah says, this means He has asked of us that we build this world, that we develop society. That's our user manual. So one of the things that I wanted to speak about today, in light of this introduction, is the importance of dhikr, of remembrance. Because dhikr is one of those concepts where when you say it, maybe people sort of, yeah, I understand what that is, but we don't oftentimes comprehend how important it is because we need to sort of delve into the details. When you look at the Qur'an and when you look at the hadith literature about dhikr, it's really something that is fascinating. <clears throat> The Prophet ﷺ, he said the example of the person who remembers Allah versus the person who does not remember Allah is like the example of the living and the dead. The Prophet ﷺ has equated the, the person that remembers, that remembers the usage of their life, that remembers the, this user manual, who recalls and remembers this, they are alive. But the person that does not, they are dead. 
And Allah Ta'ala, he, in Surah Al-Baqarah, He talks about the hearts, how the heart can be as hard as stone. The heart can be as hard as stone. But with the remembrance of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, it softens. So if you don't remember, if you're not worshipping, if you're not improving yourself, if you're not living a productive life, you know, then don't complain when the, when the unit is not working. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. It's so basic that the Prophet ﷺ said it's the difference between the living and the dead. And how many people are alive physically but they are dead spiritually? Imam Ali السلام, he said, People are asleep and when they die, they wake up. So we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be living but we're asleep or living but we are spiritually dead, not aware of the world around us, to have no feeling. So the Prophet said, this is the difference between the living and the dead. How about when you, you know, you're remembering, you're praying, and th but still you're struggling. You know, things are difficult. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Indeed, for everything there is a polish. And the polish of the hearts is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here the Prophet ﷺ is using this metaphor, you know, when you have a rusty piece of metal, if you have a sword, for example, and it's rusty, it's not going to cut, you have to sharpen it, you have to polish it. Or if you have a mirror and it's rusty, you can't see yourself in the mirror, you have to clean it. And to use our example in the beginning, if you have some kind of device, you have to maintain it. You can't just, you know, drive your car and never change the oil and, you know, never fill up gas or never put air in the tires. I mean, you have to maintain these things. And in the pre-modern world, if you had a horse or a donkey or a riding animal, so you have to feed the animal, you have to make sure it's, you know, it's not going to run out of water or else it's going to die on you. You have to maintain it. So here, what is the maintenance of our life? The Prophet said is the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> Everything has a polish, and the polish of the heart is the remembrance of Allah. Because the Prophet also taught us when we commit a sin, we get a black spot on our heart. But when we make tawbah and we remember Allah, the spot is removed. You know, this is like spiritual cholesterol. But if you keep going and you keep sinning and sinning and sinning, and you don't ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness, then your heart is going to be like that stone. And then you might, you know, it might take you some time, but then you'll realize after several years, you know, what is, what am I? What's my life? What, what's, what's, why is my life not fruitful and deep with meaning? The Prophet also said, or Allah Ta'ala also says in the Quran, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ Verily, by the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the heart is comforted. Again, this is what's very interesting about Muslims in a community. Whenever you, uh, whenever you see a group of Muslims and they're fighting, and then somebody wants to come up and break the fight, it's very common that the person, that, you know, he will come in and he will you know, physically split the people up, but then he'll say something like, you know, remember Allah. Send prayers on the Prophet because the idea is you'd be embarrassed that you hear the Prophet's name and not say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because it triggers something in us. It rem we remember what we forgot. That's why it's called dhikr, because we forget.
We forget about the user manual. We forget about the purpose of our existence. We forget the tools to live a good life. And it's normal that we forget. The insan, the human being is called insan because he has forgetfulness, nisyan. You know, there's no coincidence that the two words are related in Arabic. And the reason remembrance is called remembrance is because we have to come back to it, come back to it, come back to it. And when we come back to it, we are comforted. It doesn't mean that all of our problems will go away, we'll have no struggles, we will have no difficulties, but our heart is comforted, knowing that we are equipped to solve the problem, knowing that we have the metal to withstand the difficulties. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Remember Allah often so that you will be successful. Successful in this world and successful in the hereafter. And that's really the point of what I want to say. Is that this is not something that we mention because it's Friday and you know we're supposed to talk about these type of things. But this is real advice for your life at every moment in every day. Unfortunately, we have this stereotype. The stereotype is that the religious person is the naive person. Or that the religious person is somehow cut off from the world. Or that the religious person is sim a simpleton, uh, poor, on the verge of being like a beggar. All of our Muslim cultures now, today, they have this stereotype. Whether it's like the stammering Arabic teacher who only speaks in Fusha, no one can understand him. Or whether the Monisab, you know, whatever the word is, all of our Muslim majority cultures have this stereotype. The, the, the things that we're talking about, yeah, we agree, no one's going to deny because we're saying Quran and Sunnah, no one's going to say that this is not right. But how do you take that and actually go out and live an active life with that? That's the key. Because this stereotype is incorrect. We need to correct the stereotype for ourselves. And it's not helpful that this stereotype carries over also into the, into the Western world. If you watch, we all watch you know, TV, movies, all that, shows, all that kind of stuff. The person of God is the foolish person, right? There's a big storm coming and then the, the priest goes outside and he just prays to Jesus that, you know, and he gets gobbled up by the storm. But the scientists, you know, the people, they're the ones that hunker down, you know, they build the gadget and they save the day. Right, so it's emphasized. That to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to remember God or Jesus or whatever, to remember things that are metaphysical is a sign somehow of stupidity. But we know from our own history that the Prophet sallallahu wasn't a stupid person. He was the most intelligent of people. He was a strategic thinker. He was a military leader. He was a politician. He was a judge. He was a mufti. And if you look at the things that he accomplished after he received his message, you know, for those 23, 24 years, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it's impossible, it's impossible that somebody could have done that without the support of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here I'm talking about worldly accomplishments. I'm not talking about the revelation of the Qur'an and the teaching of the Sahara, all the feel-good stuff. I'm talking about power and wealth and the conquest of Mecca without shedding blood. The defeat of the Romans without shedding blood in the Battle of Tabuk. All of the delegations, all of Arabia succumbing to him. The, 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 the uh, complete annihilation of polytheism. 
which was so embedded for Arabian society for centuries that in just 23 years, it was completely eradicated and extinct by the time that the Prophet ﷺ in his uh, final hajj, in his khutbah of the final hajj, he said that this is the end of polytheism and it was true and it is true until today. If you look at these worldly things, this is the example of the person that is remembering their user manual. Because the user manual is not just saying stay in the mosque and pray and remember Allah. You know, put on the sibha over your neck and then walk around, uh, you know, uh, like the, the dervish. You know, just you know, mope around barefoot in the city and beg and, and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about somebody who is fully engaged with their worldly affairs and that their heart is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> Shaykh al-Akbar Muhyiddin al-Arabi radiallahu anhu, he narrates this story in his Futuhat, and he says, when I was in Mecca, the strangest thing I saw was there was an old man hanging by the curtains of the Kaaba. So I was intrigued, you know, I saw this sight, you know, he's crying. So I got near and he was asking Allah only for dunya. All of his dunya problems. I said, okay. And then that same day I was in the marketplace and there was a young man selling, buying and selling, buying and selling, buying and selling, but his tongue was constant with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you, and I've said this before, if you look at that, you know, the CCTV, if you looked at the, those images of the of Mecca and you saw the guy hanging by the Kaaba, you'd be like, oh, I want to go to Mecca. I want to I wanna hang by the by the kiswa of the Kaaba. Right? And then the, the camera pans out and then you see the big mega shopping center. And you know, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. So that's what Muhyiddin al-Ami is talking about. He's saying that that person that's fully engaged with the worldly life, earning an income, developing this world, wasta'amarakum fiha, that person is completely connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That to be a person of remembrance, to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often and frequently, is not to cut off your life from your worldly life. Because that's not the sunnah of the Prophet The three companions, the story of the three companions, they came to visit the Prophet and they were hanging out you know, in the common area, and the Prophet overheard them. And the first companion said, you know what, I decided I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be single and celibate my whole life. And then the second one said, you know what, I decided every night I'm going to stay up all night long every night and pray. The hedger. And then the third one said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fast every single day of the year. And then the prophet said, you know, these are all like if you, if you're, if you came and you said, you know, I fast every day of the year. You would all say this is like super Muslim. Not realizing that this is disliked in the Sharia, it's makruh. And some would even say it's haram. Or if you see your, your child sleeping all day, like, why are you sleeping all day? As, oh, I was praying to Hajjud all night. <laughs> right? But the Prophet ﷺ, he came and he said, As for me, I will marry and have a family. I will sleep some of the night and wake some of the night. I will fast some of the days and not fast some of the days. And whoever violates my sunnah is not for me. This is, we are talking about the sunnah of the Prophet The Sahaba were completely engaged. All the battles that they fought against them, building a state, building a legal system, dealing with the hypocrites inside Medina, 
dealing with the Romans and the Persians and Musaylim al-Kadhab and the Qurayshis and the Yemen, all of these pressures. They weren't whirling around in the mosque, walking the streets of Medina barefoot begging. No, they were completely engaged, but their hearts were connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's our tradition. Our tradition of remembrance is that it's something that's internal that we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we forget. So what is something practical that we can take away from this? One easy um, you know, dose of remembrance that you can do is in the, during the day one time and during the afternoon or the evening one time is to say Astaghfirullah a hundred times Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad a hundred times and la ilaha illallah a hundred times and there are hadiths for all of these things now how much time is that going to take you? it will take you maximum five to seven minutes but if you do this every day, twice a day you will feel different you will be a person of remembrance. Your heart will be connected. And then when you forget to do it, which will happen, you will feel bad that you forgot. And then you say, you know what, I'm never gonna forget again. I'm gonna do it again. And then after a month or two months or three months, you're gonna come be like, is there anything else I can do? You know, I, I do it, it takes me like a minute. Is there anything else I can do? Yeah, we do this, add this, add this, add that. All the while going along with your life. Because there's no end to the remembrance, because we are always going to forget. Ya ladina amanu Allaha dhikran kathira wa bukratan asila. Oh, you who believe, remember Allah a lot. Allah doesn't say pray a lot, Allah doesn't say fast a lot, Allah doesn't say give your zakat a lot. But when it comes to dhikr, He says do it a lot. And in a hadith, the Prophet said, make dhikr until other people say that you are crazy. Meaning every time they look at you, you're, they think you're speaking to yourself. <coughs> Meaning that there's no end to how much you can do this. But if you do this little packet twice a day, every day, you will feel different. You will feel different. You will feel alive and not dead as the Prophet said. <laughs> اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على قدوتنا وقرة أعيننا سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Just a few announcements before the dua We have a death in the community Brother Fawzi al-Bahtiti who died in New York, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept his soul into paradise, to make him from the people of the right, to cleanse his sins, to make his grave a garden of the gardens of paradise, inshallah, and to help his family in this difficult time in need. We're also asking dua for Brother Ghulam Sarwar Jahangir, who is in the ICU, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a speedy recovery for him, and Allah make it easy for his family, inshallah. All of those that we don't know about that are sick, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's shifa. And all of those who have passed, we ask for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah. And on this day, we especially want to remember our brothers and sisters that are, are, are facing grave, grave difficulties in Syria. And our Kurdish brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters in Kashmir, our brothers and sisters from the Rohingya, and all of those that are displaced, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them comfort, to make their, their way easy, and to allow us to help them, inshallah. 
Uh, two brief announcements tonight. The halakha will be at 7.30 normal, and then Sunday, uh, 6.30 in the morning. So the normal schedule for those uh, for those programs, inshallah. With that, we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with our hands raised, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all of his blessed names and all of his blessed attributes to make us people of remembrance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to comfort our hearts and to comfort our souls. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us to him in the best of ways. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy on our parents and on all those who have passed before us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless and protect our children, to bless and protect our businesses, to bless and protect our centers of learning. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our teachers and to give them long life. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst the people of the right and not amongst the people of the left. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst the people of the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our prayer and our fasting and our charitable giving and our zakah and all our devotional acts to Him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to the sunnah in the best of ways, to make us people of the sunnah and to make us people of the jama'ah. Allahumma hadina fi man hadayt wa aafina fi man aafayt wa tawallana fi man tawallayt. اللهم بارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا واصرف عنا شر ما قضيت فإنك سبحانك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك ولا يضل من وليت ولا يعز من عاديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت اللهم تقبل صلاتنا وصيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم انقلنا من دائرة سخطك إلى دائرة رضاك وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك واحشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة اللهم اسقنا من يده الشريفة شربة ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا ثم دخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم اللهم ارحم حينا وميتنا وحاضرنا وغائبنا وارفع أيدي الأمم عنا وأقنا بالحق وأقم الحق بنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ارزقنا اتباع المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم في الأقوال والأفعال والأحوال اللهم ارزقنا اتباع المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم في الأقوال والأفعال والأحوال اللهم ارزقنا اتباع المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم في الأقوال والأفعال والأحوال يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين فرج عن المسلمين ويا غياث المستغثين أغثنا ويا دليل الحائرين أرشدنا إليك يا أرحم الراحمين وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصل اللهم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المسلمين كتاب الله